Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome back to the show, Mr. Gene Kelly. Mr. Kelly appeared on my fifth episode, and if you haven't heard that episode yet, please go back and listen to that one first. Tonight, Mr. Kelly reenacts for us two of his suspenseful plays guaranteed to chill our spines. In this first episode, he plays a man named Leonard Snow. Leonard is a man down on his luck who is an insurance agent but who hasn't bring who hasn't been bringing home the bacon. Instead, he has been using his money for his gambling problems and his wife is tired of it. She is not going to give him any more money to handle his gambling affairs. But for Mr. Leonard Snow, his luck changes and his luck gets even more luckier as the show goes on, but towards the end, it slowly fades away. It is called The Man Who Couldn't Lose. And in the second episode, Mr. Kelly plays a man named Arthur Kramer. Arthur is a well-known businessman and a delivery truck driver for a packing plant. When all of a sudden he loses half of his commission and has to not only pay it back to his boss but he also has to pay some other debts that he owes around town. And co-starring with Mr. Kelly is Mr. Hans Conried. Mr. Hans Conried plays a man named Kennelly. Kennelly is a well-known race car driver who he goes to Mr. Kramer and is in need of a desperate loan. So, Arthur has an idea in order to get Kennelly paid. He goes to a well-known acquaintance and robs him. But what he doesn't know is that Kennelly also has a plan on paying back his own loan and Arthur at the same time. But for both men, they not only rob, but they also murder their accomplices to accomplish their goals. And that episode is called Thieves Fall Out. I hope you guys enjoy Mr. Gene Kelly and his performances on the show for tonight. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. And stay tuned after the program to hear Mr. Kelly sing two of his famous songs. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thanks. Now, Roma Wines presents... 
The Man Who Couldn't Lose, starring Gene Kelly. Suspense is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wine. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wine. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now, a glass full would be very pleasant as Roma Wines bring you... Suspense! This is The Man in Black. Tonight from Hollywood, we bring you a star, Mr. Gene Kelly, in a suspense play by Emile C. Tepperman called The Man Who Couldn't Lose. It is a tale of dawn till midnight in a man's life, a tale of murder and money and luck. Such luck as pursues a man once in a hundred years. But first, here is a message from your host, the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California. Roma Wines, made in California, are of such uniformly superb quality that they are imported by many foreign countries as the choice of true connoisseurs of fine wines. Millions of Americans also enjoy the excellence of Roma Wines daily, with meals and when entertaining. In fact... More Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. They know that Roma wines are truly inexpensive for wines of such distinguished character. They know Roma wines are of unvarying superb taste and quality, the result of age-old winemaking skill combined with modern knowledge. All this for only pennies a glass. So, for maximum mealtime enjoyment or when entertaining, serve Roma wines. A cool glass of appetizing Roma California sherry before dinner. A cool bottle of rich Roma California burgundy on the table with the meal. You'll appreciate the enthusiastic comments of the family and guests. You'll be pleasantly surprised at how much added zest Roma wine brings to your table. Tomorrow, ask your dealer for R-O-M-A, Roma wine. If he is temporarily out of Roma... Please try again soon. Remember, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. And now with the men who couldn't lose, and with the performance of Gene Kelly as Leonard Snell, the lucky New Yorker, we again hope to keep you in... Suspense! You feeling all right now? Sure. Sure, I feel swell. You'd better not talk anymore, though. Oh, why not? I got nothing to worry about. That's what I'm telling you. Something's happened to me. I'm not scared. Just like old man Mosley said, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, well, it's happened to me. Something's happened to me that doesn't happen once in a hundred years. And it all happened in one day. Yeah. It began this morning. Don't try to kid me. You're not asleep. Get up. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Okay. I cook your breakfast. I come home and cook your dinner. In between, I work behind that counter all day until I'm so tired I can't hardly stand up. The least you can do is get up and drive me to work. Sure, I will. And what do you do? Nothing. Now, listen, Steve. You don't call what you do work, I hope. When did you last sell an insurance policy? When? I bet you can't even remember. I'm sure I can. All right, all right. And when you do get up enough energy to sell one once in a while, I never see the money. Horses, sweepstakes, tickets, and numbers, anything. Just so 
come along and you can gamble it away. But do you ever bring a dollar home? Not that I ever hear in here. Ah, shut up. Don't you tell me to shut up, Leonard Snell. I pay the rent when it gets paid. I pay the grocery bill. I pay for everything. You'd think at least I'd get a little appreciation once in a while. I appreciate it. I hear about it enough. Well, why don't you do something about it then? Listen, Celia, I, I don't feel so good today. Sure. That's what you said yesterday and the day before. That's what you always say every time anybody talks about work. Well, I'm sick and tired of it. You promised you were going to get a job this week, and you're going to do it. Celia, there's something I've got to tell you. Oh, I suppose you want to wheedle some money out of me again. Well, if you can't even keep a little lunch money in your pocket... No, Celia, listen, it's more than that. It's... Oh, it is, is it? I suppose you got another hot tip on the races. Well, if you think I'm going to... Will you shut up? Well, oh, listen, I'm not... Celia, I've sold quite a few insurance policies in the last six months. Oh, you have, have you? Well, where's the money? Oh, don't pull that on me. You're going to get a job. All right. I, I spent the money. On the races? Yeah, only it wasn't all my money. What do you mean? I mean I'm $1,800 short, and this is the last day to settle up my accounts with the company. You... You stole it. No, I, I thought I was going to get it back and make it killing. I had some tips that were supposed to be sure things. Oh. oh, I get it. $1,800. Quite a coincidence, isn't it? Well, $1,700. What's the difference? And it just so happened that I have $1,800 in a safe deposit box that Aunt May left me this spring. Quite a coincidence. Celia, I've got to get that money back to them today. Well, I don't believe a word of it. And you're not going to get that money. If I don't, they can send me to jail. And if I did believe you, you wouldn't get it. Maybe a few months in jail would teach you a little consideration. You know i got to have an operation sometime this fall. You think I want to go into a charity ward? Celia, they can give me five years. You've had your eye on that money ever since you heard I got it. But you're not going to get it. Why do you think I wear the key to that safety deposit box around my neck? Celia. Suppose you think I haven't noticed. Celia, I suppose you, you think I don't know all those times you tried to get that chain off my neck when you thought I was asleep. Celia, will you? I wasn't quite as sleepy as you thought, Mister. All right, Celia. And don't think you can wheel it out of me. All right, Celia. Len, Len, get away from me, Len. She was dead, all right. The key was on that little chain around her neck, just like it had always been. I yanked on the chain, and it snapped, and the key came away in my hand. I shaved and got dressed, and then I went to a purse. It was nine dollars and some change and the usual junk, and that Irish sweepstakes ticket made out in the name of I'm a winner. I put the money in my pocket and the ticket in my wallet. I was all set to go now, except for writing the letter. All of a sudden, I realized that what I was doing didn't seem strange to me at all. It was like one of those dreams where you think it's all happened before sometime. I wrote, through the police, I've killed my wife in a fit of anger. I can't go on living anymore after doing a thing like that to Celia. I'm short in my account, too, so there's only one thing for me to do. Don't bother looking for me. By the time you get this letter, you can find me in the city morgue. Yours truly, Leonard Snell. <laughs> Oh, good morning, Mr. Mosley. Hey, I just had some great news. I knew you'd want to hear about it right away. Well, uh, I'm in sort of a hurry to start. Uh, all right, all right. Where do you hear this? 
You know that picric acid dye formula I've been working on? Yeah, yeah. The government's just bought an option on it. They're going to try it out under factory conditions. And when they do, well, my boy, it'll be worth a million dollars. Well, what do you know? That's really great. Well, I guess so I would have... I have decided to take out that annuity you've been trying to sell me. Got an application with you? You... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Come on inside. Good morning. Why, my land, you look as though you'd just seen a ghost or something. <laughs> just told a policy. You don't sell them like that every day, do you, my boy? What's that first premium? About uh, $3,400, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's a nice commission in that, eh, Leonard? About $1,800, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Eighteen. Well, Leonard certainly deserves it. <laughs> he works very hard. I see him coming home every evening with that briefcase and all those papers under his arm. Uh, most of those papers are the racing forms, aren't they, Lennon? Well, I... <laughs> now, my boy. Oh, watch out for those bottles. Picric acid. You know, I, I've been watching you, Lennon. You've had a hard time. But you're a gambler. You believe a lot in luck. Well, now, I've got a theory about luck. Yeah. Now, uh, wh when were you born? Huh? Oh, uh, March 1st, 1878. Yes, sir, luck is something that can come in big doses sometimes, almost as though fate had planted out ahead of time. Uh -huh. Who's the beneficiary? Oh, my wife, of course. There's a perfectly good mathematical explanation for it. Of course, a number of unrelated events converge, and they all add up to the good fortune of a single man. Happens once in a century, perhaps, but it does happen. Uh-huh. Uh, you can make the check out. Uh... Uh, oh, of course. <laughs> Why don't I make it out to you personally? Then I can collect that three months' rent you owe me, huh? <laughs> well, why, sure, sure, that, uh, that'll be $3,255. Oh, fine, fine, I'll make it right out. You know, Leonard, I was saying to Sam just this morning, I'm almost as glad for your sake as for ours. My, won't see you be surprised. Huh? I said, won't see you be surprised. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So where is she? She usually leaves for work long before this. I always hear her. Well, I think... Uh... Oh, Leonard, don't tell me there's anything wrong. I know she hasn't been feeling well lately. Oh, oh, oh no, no. She's it, it, a little headache, you know. It's... Oh, poor thing. Why didn't you tell me? I'll go right upstairs. Oh, no, some... no, no, you better not. Uh, she told me she wanted to sleep. She, she's asleep now. Oh, well, then I won't bother her. Well, my boy, here's your check. Thanks. Now, don't play that on the races. Don't worry. <laughs> but you keep playing your luck just the same. Well, luck is a funny thing. You've had a lucky start today. Maybe your luck has changed. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it has. Why couldn't he have signed it yesterday? That's all I could think of for a couple of minutes. Why couldn't he sign it yesterday? That was done now. So I got in the car and drove downtown. First, I went to Celia's bank and got that 1800 out of the deposit box. Nobody said a word. Then I went to Marfrey's bank and cashed his check. I had over five grand now. I drove over towards the park. A clock in the jewelry store said 10.15. That was plenty of time. Park, I stopped and gave the once over to the bum sitting around on the benches in the sun. There's always a bunch of them there. Pretty soon I see a guy that looks about right. Hey, hey, you. Me? Yeah, you want to make five bucks? You mean a job? Oh, you won't have to strain yourself. I just hurt my wrist. I can't drive. i got to go uptown to meet a guy. Want to drive me? Oh, okay. You got a license? Yeah. Yeah, I got a license. Let's see it. Okay. Here. Hmm. Floyd Eustace. Omaha, Nebraska. 
You're uh, kind of a long way from home, aren't you? Yeah. But it's okay to drive within this state if you've got a licensed driver with you. Okay, Floyd Eustace. You'll do. We get in the car and head uptown. My luck is holding all right. This guy couldn't have been better if I'd looked a week. I see another clock, and it's only a little past 10.30 now. I still got lots of time, so I decide to clean up the details now. How am I doing? Okay, but uh, turn right at the next block, Floyd. I want to go by the 43rd Street Post Office and mail a letter. Sure. You could mail it at a letterbox, though. Yeah, but, uh, well, I don't want to mail it at a letterbox. Oh, okay. I go into the post office and get a stamp and mail a letter. The letter I tell about killing Sheila is just addressed to the police commissioner, 21 Center Street. Somehow I just don't trust the letterbox because if the police don't get that letter right on time and start looking, it's not so good. I go out and get in the car and tell Floyd Eustace where to go. We head uptown, and after a while, we get to Fort Tryon Park, right up above Riverside Drive, looking over the river. There's hardly ever anybody up there at this time of year, so I feel pretty safe. Sure enough, there wasn't. I got the monkey wrench out, and I had it in my hand. This right? Yeah. Just pull over there up against the rail. Gee, i never been up here. Must be quite a drop down there. A couple of hundred feet, huh? Uh-huh. This where you're supposed to meet the guy? Yeah. Right here. I dragged him into the back seat and took off all his clothes, and then all mine. I changed clothes with him right down to the underwear and socks. I put all my papers in his pocket. My license, old man Mosley's application, my wallet, the work. Then I dragged him up front again behind the wheel. Then there was something else I had to do that I didn't like much either, but well, I couldn't take any chances. I held his head back against the seat and raised the monkey wrench again. I hit him in the face. I hit him a lot. Stand back now. Stand back. I tell you, officer, it didn't land more than three feet from me. Not more than three feet. What happened? This car just rolled off the Palisades up there somehow and landed smack in the middle of the street. Gee, look at his face. He must have gone right through the windshield. Poor fella. Guy named Snell. Leonard Snell. I was free. I was free of feeling and all that belly aching. I was free to do anything I wanted. My five ran in my pocket, and the cops had Leonard Snell's body down in the morgue, just like I told them they wouldn't have let it. Oh, my luck was holding, but I went over to the 181st Street bus station. There was a bus leaving for Boston in 20 minutes. I bought a ticket. Then I got a paper in the corner and went into the cafeteria there and sat down at the counter. I was pretty hungry. What's yours? Uh, scrambled eggs with bacon, french fries, orange juice, and coffee, and, uh, I gotta catch a bus. It won't take long, will it? No longer than it takes an egg to scramble. Oh, excuse me. Well, that's all right, Mike. I, I like to read the newspaper while I eat myself. <laughs> kind of aids the digestion, I find. Yeah. Here's your orange juice. Thanks. Oh, dear. Some guys have all the luck, don't they? Hmm? I said some guys have all the luck. I was just noticing in your paper there about those Irish Greeks take one. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Some. Oh, what's the matter? You feel bad? I've all a lot. <laughs> when 
When I came to, somebody was swabbing my head with water. I paid my check and got out of there somehow and looked at the paper again. That's what it said, all right. I'm a winner, draw a favor, and I sweet. My pick. And I went on to say how it was worth at least 40000 and maybe 150000 the horse won. And all of a sudden, I was standing there cursing and swearing at Celia, right out loud, just as though she was alive. Well, I saw people were staring at me, and I stopped. If it hadn't have been for her, I'd have $40,000. $40,000? Now that $40,000 is just a one-way ticket to the hot seat. Because that 40000 belonged to Leonard Snell, and that Irish sweet ticket was in Leonard Snell's wallet. And Leonard Snell's wallet was in the pocket of that bum that was supposed to be me. Why, now the cops that have it along with the rest of Leonard Snell's stuff down at the headquarters after they put the body in the morgue. Uh, well, I still had my five grand and a bus ticket to Boston. You can't get all the brakes all the time, is what I figured then. So I got in the bus. Have plenty of seats in the rear. This seat taken? No, not at all. Sit right down. Thanks. Yeah, well, somebody must be feeling pretty good this afternoon. Huh? The guy that's got that there, I'm a winner, that ticket on the sweep. I see it says there they're paying $40,000 for it right now. $40,000. Yeah. I'd sure like to be in his shoes, wouldn't you? Yeah. And I see it says there... Yeah, do you want to read it? Well, you don't need to get sore. Ah, skip it. I'll... Holy... Lord, oh, Hey, hey, stop! Hey, let me out. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Will you make up your mind? <laughs> I don't have to make up my mind, brother. I don't have to make up my mind. It was right then that I got the idea what was happening. It was just like old man Marsley said. It may only happen once in a hundred years, but it was happening to me. Oh, my luck was riding high. And when your luck is like that, you just can't lose because there it was, right in the paper again, on page three. Freak explosion in Brooklyn kills three. That was my house. And the people killed were Mosley and his wife and Steve. They thought it was caused by old Mosley's chemical or something. I didn't know. I didn't care. All I knew was they thought Celia had been killed by the explosion in the fire. And I was in the clear. I could walk into the police station, get my sweet state ticket, collect that 40000 be set for life. Oh, I knew just what I was going to tell her. It was a lead pipe. I was walking on air all the way to the police station. I was going up the steps. Then I stopped. Because I just remembered something terrible. And if I remembered it ten seconds later, I'd have walked right into the electric chair. I remembered the letter. I was late. I'm warning the cop that had that letter. Telling how I killed Celia. A letter that I'd taken all the trouble to mail at the 43rd Street Post Office so I'd be sure to get off all right. Well, even worse this time than I had before because it seemed like I'd almost had that money right in my hand. And I, I was pretty shaken. I went into a bar to get a drink. Yes, sir, what is it? Double rye. All right, sir. Like a little chaser on the side, huh? No. Well, that'll be... Just uh... leave the bottle. Oh, yes, sir. Now we bring you five minutes of the latest news. Join us in the morning. Yeah, sure. New York City. In one of the most daring holdups in the annals of New York crime, a gang of armed men this noon robbed the United States mail truck just as it was leaving the 43rd Street Post Office, removing eight sacks of mail from the entire morning collection of the post office. Apparently, the gunmen were after a shipment of currency destined for the Federal Reserve Bank. But according to officials, the joke is on the gangsters. 
All they got was the regular mail. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, 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 I just been held up. Held up, huh? Yeah. Well, what happened? Well, I, I, I picked up a guy who asked me for a lift about 225th Street and Broadway. Yeah. I was driving along by Van Cortland Park when suddenly grabbed me. And he, he hit me with something that's all I remember until I woke up lying in the park. My car was gone, and then I found how to take my wallet. My money will everything. I see. What's your name? Leonard Snell. I, I Leonard didn't... Snell? Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, say, Lieutenant, yeah? this gentleman is Mr. Leonard Snell. He was held up this morning and his car was stolen. Oh. So, uh, just sit in here with him, Snell. Why? Sure. Uh, Snell. Thanks. I, uh, got some news for you, Mr. Snell. Did you find my car? Oh, yes, but, uh, well, you haven't seen the papers today? Not since this morning. I, uh, got some good news and some bad news for you, Mr. Snell. Maybe I'd better tell you the bad news first. Pretty bad. Go ahead. Your wife was killed this morning, Mr. Snell, in a fire at your home. My wife? Killed? <laughs> and this probably won't interest you much under the circumstances, Mr. Snell, but you've drawn a ticket worth $40,000 in the Irish Free State. Some people do have all the hard luck in the world. Luck. Within about 15 minutes, more things were happening to me than can happen to most guys in a dozen lifetimes. And then comes a jackpot I've been waiting for. Hold it, Mr. Snell. Hold that place right there. Just one more. If you care to make a statement, Mr. Snell, would you mind telling the public how you feel? I know it's pretty tough, but if you just make a statement. Please, fellas, please. Please give us a break. I hate to cover you this time, Mr. Snell, but the banking syndicate I represent is prepared to offer you $40,000 in cash for your sweet state ticket. I have the money right here in cash. All right, but I, I don't care much about the money now. That was at 4.30. By 6, I have $45,000 in my pocket. Cash. And I'm registered at the Waldorf and sitting down to dinner. I'll uh, take the plank steak, please. Medium. Yes, sir. I'll have you all together. Hello, pal. Mind if I sit down Oh. oh, you a reporter? Not exactly. I'm uh, sort of a collector. You owe me 40 grand, pal, and I come to collect now. 40? Why, I don't oh, know. Oh, yes, you do, pal. Remember that little letter you wrote to the police commissioner this morning that you mailed at the 43rd Street Post Office? Remember that? Some friends of mine found it. They figure it's worth just about 40 grand. You, you're one of the guys that's not going to You want to make something of it? There's a big reward. There's a cop right outside the hotel. Kind of figured you'd say, boy. Where's the letter? My friend's got it right outside in the car. 
You still got that dough in your case? Like the paper said? Yeah. Come on. All right. Yeah, <laughs> you're a pretty lucky guy at that, pal. Suppose somebody else has got that letter. Don't worry, pal. You'll see what it gave with me. Here. Here's the car. Is that the guy, Frankie? Yeah, and he's acting real reasonable, too. Get up the cash, pal. You recognize the letter, don't you? Yeah, here's your money. And here's your letter. Only don't try anything funny because we still know what that letter says. And the cops could always dig up the body and find out how, well, how your old lady really kicked off. Couldn't it? I think you get the idea. So long, pal. Fellow looks like he's terrorized or something. You. Yeah? You go call an ambulance. I'll stand by this man here. Okay. What's up, Jerry? We just had a little shooting match with those mail robbers. The other boys got him down the street, but this poor man was shot when they fired back. Hey. What's this letter here in the street? Addressed uh, to the police commissioner. No. The shot had it no. in his hand before he fell. Uh, better open it. It might be evident. Uh, no. No. What? Uh, uh, no. Leonard Snell again. Better put a guard on Snell at the hospital, Jerry. In the looks of this letter, he's going to stand trial for murder. You'd better not talk anymore, Mr. Snell. What's the difference? What's the difference how much I talk? That's what I wanted to tell him. Once they did get the letter, I'll never go to trial. Because I got luck. Don't you see? It comes once in a hundred years, and I got it. I got that kind of luck. And when you got that kind of luck, you can't go. You can't go. Ah, you Still here? Yeah, I got a guy that full of snow as long as he's here in the hospital. But did you ever see the like of it? I don't suppose one man ever had so much luck in one day in the whole wide world. Ah, uh, well, I guess his luck has played out now, all right, though. It's funny. He said, you can't lose. Well, he's wrong there. Because that lad is going to fly. Just as sure as my name is Jerry Malone. No, you're wrong, Jerry. His luck is still good. What? He's dead. Closes The Man Who Couldn't Lose, starring Gene Kelly. Tonight's study in Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by William Spear. Have you discovered, as so many thousands of Americans have, how much Roma wines add to the enjoyment of your meals? How their superb taste makes special occasion feasts out of everyday meals? Find out for yourself. What a marvel worker Roma wine can be in giving any meal new compliment-rousing zest. Start off the meal with an appetizer, Roma California Sherry. Then place on the table a cool bottle of Roma California Burgundy. You'll be amazed at the tremendous difference Roma wine makes in the enjoyment of your food. Don't overlook this easy way to add extra enjoyment to everyday living at a cost of only pennies a glass. Take a tip from the millions who enjoy Roma wines at meals when entertaining.
S for R-O-M-A, Roma Wine. Remember, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. Gene Kelly appeared to the courtesy of Metro-Golden-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor production Kismet. Next Thursday, same time, you will hear Mr. John Hodiak as star of Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines. R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Columbia's program, Suspense. In Hollywood this evening, our star is the young American actor who, within a single year, has become one of the most provocative of Hollywood's leading men, Mr. Gene Kelly. Mr. Kelly appears tonight as a gentleman named Art Kramer, a gentleman of most uncertain scruples, engaged with other gentlemen of similar disrespectability in distinctly unlawful practices. Our suspense play by Robert L. Richards is called Thieves Fall Out. And in it, in support of our star, you will hear Hans Conried as a racetrack devotee by name Canelli, and William Johnstone as Sam Grote. And so with Thieves Fall Out and with the performance of Gene Kelly as Art Kramer, we again hope to keep you in suspense. ABC Enterprises. No, he's not in. No, I don't know where you can locate him. Yes, I'll tell him you called. ABC Enterprises, ABC Enterprises. Why does he give all these guys his phone number if he wants to keep this business so quiet? Yeah, you know, wants to do favors for people he meets in bars, brags, how he can get things for him. You know. Sure, I know. And the next day I have to give him the brush off. He's going to brag to the wrong guy someday. Hi, Yachty. Hello. Hello, Arthur. Hiya, babe. Where you been the last couple of days? Uh, ducking all the guys I owe money to. What time is Sam getting the boys together? In about a half an hour, down at the warehouse. You better start down here pretty soon. What's the difference? I won't get enough out of it to buy a round trip to Coney Island. Any calls? Yeah, Canelli called a little while ago. That punk. Another guy who wants dough I haven't got. To stall him? I tried, but he said he was coming up anyway. Oh, what'd you let him do that for? You know I don't want to see that guy. I couldn't help it. He knows the way here. Okay, okay. Anything else? No. Arthur, if you're not going down right away, can I talk to you for a minute? What about? Oh, something. Joe, watch the switchboard for me, will you, while I talk to Arthur in the next room? What's he got that I haven't got? No cracks out of you. Please, Arthur? All right, then make it snappy. Now what? Oh, 
Arthur, what, what's the matter lately? You know what's been the matter, everything. Me too. Oh, don't start that again. Rita, it's no use. Look, you're a good kid, but it's no use. You didn't used to say that. All right. So now I owe nearly ten grand around this town. And there's some plenty tough monkeys. If I don't get it up pretty soon, it's going to be too bad. Top of that, I had a loaded truck and a trailer hijacked last week, and there goes my take for the month and more. And you want to know what's the matter. Oh, Arthur, honey, why don't you quit? Why don't you get out while you still can? Why don't I quit? What are you talking about? Oh, you used to have a decent business, Arthur. Sure, sure, and I didn't eat. Well, what about now? It's making a wreck of you. It's, it's dangerous. You know what's going to happen. This whole black market thing's going to crack pretty soon, and when it does, you... Ah, you're... don't be silly. Yeah? Canelli's outside to see you, Artie. That punk. All right, let him come in. What's one more? Okay. Uh, better let me talk to him alone, baby. All right. Think about I, what I said, will you? Sure. Oh, hi, Arthur. Thought I might catch you. Yeah, I'll bet. Close the door. Sure. Hey, listen, Arthur. I need that dough. Well, I haven't got it. I told you that. Uh, no, no, no. Look, I don't want there should be no trouble. There's not going to be any trouble. Take it easy. I didn't mean that. But I took them bets from you on my own. Now my boss is after me. If I don't get that dough by Monday, I'm going to be in trouble. Well, I haven't got it, and I won't have it for another month. Can't you get it from Sam? No, I'm into him as far as I can be now. What do you mean? Sam must have plenty sold it down in some safe deposit vault by now. It isn't in a vault. Up at his place in Connecticut. Anyway, he won't give me any more. Connecticut? How do you know he had a place in Connecticut? Uh, near Riverside. It's a hideout, way away from everything. Oh. McPhail has one, too, about five miles away. When's he go there? He's hardly ever there. Nobody's there. What do you care? You're thinking of the days when you used to climb through second-story windows? Oh, you should not have said that, Art. I don't even know where the gent is. No, I was kidding Anyway, listen, I'm, I'm sorry about the dough, but you'll have to wait. Uh, Arthur, you don't know the spot I'm in. You'll get it from me when I've got it. I'm uh, leaving. Uh, Arthur, listen. You coming? Where are you going? Down to the warehouse to watch my share of last month's take go down the drain. Who is it? Artie. Okay. You're late. Yeah, I stopped in at the office. Hi, McPhail. Hi, Mo. You uh, weren't waiting just for me to hand out the chips, were you? You're right. We weren't. I just wanted you to know how it worked out. It was a good month, Art. Except for you. I know, I know. Come on, Sam. Come on. Pass around the sugar. Let's get it over with. Well, here it is. Cash. Total take was 53 grand. 17 goes to you, McPhail. I got the figures all here if you want to see. I know you wouldn't double-cross me, Sam. I wouldn't double-cross anybody. And don't forget it. Here's your dough. Yeah. Mo, yours is six. You understand you didn't bring in as much business as McPhail. I ain't complaining. And I get 21. Part of that is paying expenses. The rest is my percentage. Don't I get anything? All right. Your cut would have been nine grand. But there was that truck and trailer. Those things cost dough, you know. To say nothing of a whole load of prime meat. You have to take it all out now? I already have. I'll give you 500 to keep going now. Oh, that's fine. 500. Listen, Sam, I need dough. You always need dough and never have none. Listen, He's you... He's right, Art. you got to get yourself straightened out. 
If I give you any more, it'll just go to the bookies and gambling joints like the West Side. Listen, Sam, I tell you, I gotta have it. This guy's after me. I think he's yellow, Sam. You keep your big mouth out of this. Yeah. I was a respectable businessman when you were running a lousy clip joint on Sands. Yeah, yeah, and you're starved. And you're still starving. Because you haven't the guts to keep a couple of mugs from hijacking your stuff. Why, you... Cut it out now. Cut it out. There's not going to be any trouble in this organization. There's plenty for everybody. Now, listen, Art. Yeah? Why don't you go up to my place in Connecticut for a few days? Take it easy. And let me talk to these guys who are looking for you. I know who they are. They don't want any more talk. Anyway, I go nuts up there in the country. Go on. Pick up my car at the station. No, thanks. Well, I'm going... I'm going out to the country and tend to my victory garden. Your victory garden? Yeah. I see you about Tuesday. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, Mac. Yeah? Uh, wait a minute. So long, Art. Uh, so long. Say, uh, uh, Mac, uh, I'm sorry I made any cracks. <laughs> Forget it. Uh, Mac, you uh, going up to the country? Yeah, bet your life. Going down and get on the 520 right now. Say, uh, you know, uh... I think I'll take Mac up, uh... Mac, I, uh... Well, I kind of need a rest. I, I, yeah, I think... Yeah, you'll need something. Uh, do you mind if I ride up on the train with you? Why not? Why not? It's a public train. Oh, you know, uh, Mac, I was sorry about... Say, Artie, uh, Artie. Yeah? Don't mind me. I talk a lot. And I don't mean it. Ah, oh, forget it, Mac. I know. Say, you want to see my victory garden? Are you kidding? No, no, I got a garden. It's a butte, too. Want to see it? Sure. Sure I would. I, I always like gardens. Well, well, in that case, you'll have to stop off at my place on your on your way to Sam's, huh? It'll be a pleasure. Come on in, Artie. I want to put this dough in the safe, and then I'll, then I'll show you around. Sure. <laughs> uh, when the war's over and I'm legitimate, I'm going to build onto it. Have a lot of lawn. Gardener. Real country gentleman. Uh, what's this, your office? I do a little business here once in a while. Keep my dough in a safe there until I bank it. <laughs> know anything about safes? No. <laughs> it's good. That's good. Not that I don't trust you, Artie. Yeah. There she is. What about Mac? What? You heard me. I'm not a movie. A stick-up, huh? Why, you yellow little rat. You don't think you can pull this on me and live, do you? It's not a stick-up, Mac. I just want you to do me a little favor, and I want to be sure you do it. Yeah? Yeah, get on that phone. This had better be a gag. It won't be unless you do exactly what I tell you. What? Call Reed in town. Ask her what Sam has lined up for Tuesday. Say you called me over at Sam's house just now and talked to me, but I didn't know. Come on, get going. Atwater 3, 5562. Listen, I... I'm no guy to kid around with. And I don't like this. Talk. Uh, Rita, this is Mac. What's Sam got lined up for Tuesday? I just talked to Artie over at Sam's place. Yeah. Yeah, up here in the country. He said he didn't know when to call you. Oh, I see. That's short. No, 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 never mind. Okay. All right. Now what's the gag? You never were very smart, were you, Mac? Eh? That's my alibi. 
You just told Rita you talked to me at Sam's place. You get it? Why, you duck. Neatly done, Art Kramer. Virtually a perfect alibi. And $17,000 in cold cash. There was someone else who thought he had a perfect setup, too. Canelli, the little bookie, whose former occupations were even less savory. It wasn't hard for Canelli to find where Sam's place was in Connecticut, the New York's underground of petty crime, and find out anything. And it wasn't hard to jimmy a window, and that often enough. Ah, and then to find the money. There was a wad of money here at Sam's place somewhere. Art Kramer had said so. Probably in a safe. That wouldn't be any trouble either. Not in the living room, of course. Yes, maybe this room. An office, a desk and phone, and a safe there in the wall. And just as he thought, old-fashioned, easy to crack. First to drill a little hole, then the soup. There'd be a quick, neat little explosion, and the safe would fall apart in his hands. Wait, what's that? A car driving up, stopping. Who? Art Kramer had said nobody ever came up here. Mm. But it was leaving now, driving away. Probably just a mistake. No, no. Steps outside. Somebody coming in. What to do? Escape cut off. Hide. Here in the office, behind the door. Hide the bag of tools, quick. It's coming in here. Uh. Operator. Now, what New York City? At water three... Five, five, six, two. Yeah, that's right. Hello, Rita. Sam, listen, Rita, get a hold of everybody. Artie, Mac, Moore, everybody you can. I've got a tip-off. There's going to be a raid. Yeah, cops. Tell the boys to duck. Lay low until they hear from me. Find out where they're going to be and call me right back as soon as you contact everybody. Got it? Yeah? Oh, okay. I'll get hold of Mac myself as long as he's up here. Artie, too? Well, I'm calling from my place now. I don't see him anywhere. Well, he must have changed his mind. Well, I didn't look in the garage. He came by cab. He's probably around someplace, yeah. Well, I'll wait for your call, then. Okay, Rita. And make it snappy now. Hey. hey. Donnelly, what are you no, doing? Listen, Sam, I'll just... That's safe. Why, are you... Oh, 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 oh. Dead. Yes, hitting too hard. Murder. That's a lot different from house Murder. The phone. Somebody calling Sam. Fear, blind, unreasoning fear. Smash it. Rip it out of the wall. As though whoever was on the other end could actually hear, actually see what was in this room. Murder and a murderer. Oh, there. Why, oh, why, young man? Foolish, young nerve. Get hold of yourself. Think, think, think. What now? The money. You have to have the money now. Make a getaway. Mexico, South America. Maybe Sam gets the body. Did you even touch him? Just turn him over. There, the wallet. Empty. Another pocket. No, nothing. 
The safe, then. Finish the job quick. Then get out. Find the drill again. Hurry. Uh, again, somebody coming. Who? Never mind. Not going to be caught this time. Can't be a murderer. Close the door. Lock it quick. Lock it. Key. Hide. Maybe whoever it is will go away. Then come back and get the money later. Hide quickly. Kitchen. Get out the back window again if you have to. But wait, wait. He's not following. Wonder who it is. Have a look through the crack of the door. Careful. Yeah. Art. Art Kramer. The suitcase. Going to stay. But wait, why not? Art wouldn't know anything. Couldn't with the office door locked. Give him a plausible story. Stay overnight. And get the money when he's asleep. A chance? But have to take it. Uh, have to have the money now. Why not tell Art he'd come looking for Sam to borrow? Then, looking through the house for him, call him. Yes, make it look natural. He can't answer now. Call him. Uh, Sam! Hello, anybody here? Hello! Who is it? Who is it yourself? I'm looking for Mr. Gross, Sam Gross. Well, what are you doing here? Hello, Arthur. I was looking for Sam. I thought you didn't know where this place was. Well, I found out. Yeah? Now, what made you think Sam was going to be up here? Why, I heard a tip in town. There might be some trouble. I figured he might come up here to duck out. What kind of trouble? Cops, yeah. I didn't hear anything. I don't know, but I did something. You know, I need dough the worst way. I figured Sam might let me have a little. He paid off today, didn't he? That's right. Uh, did you get in? Hey, well, if, if you did, I, I don't like to keep asking you, but I need it, Arthur. Why, uh... Why, uh, look, uh, Canelli. Huh? You know, I meant to get in touch with you about that. I wanted to talk to you this afternoon. You mean you got something? Uh, come on inside, I'll tell you. Oh, sure, sure. I, uh, got an idea. An idea. Came like a flash to Art Kramer. Frame Canelli for the murder of McPhail. Plant some of McPhail's money on him as evidence. And who would ever believe Canelli's word? A man with a criminal record against Art. Why, Rita would swear that McPhail himself had said Art was at Sam's place. Simply denied that he'd ever seen Canelli. And Canelli would be McPhail's murderer, and Art Kramer would be safe forever. Now, uh, about that money. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I did get some. Not much on it, for well, Even a little of help. Uh, how much do I owe you all together? Nearly 4000 huh? Well, uh, suppose I gave you two. I shouldn't give you that much, the way I'm thinking. Well, it, it ain't what I need, but it'll help. Okay, uh, here's two grand on account. Oh. You know, it uh, doesn't leave me with much. I appreciate it, I really. Say, uh, you're uh, really on a spot, huh? Yeah. How much more do you need? Oh, another four, five, anyway. Oh, oh well, uh, no, I just thought I'd know where you can get it if you work it right. You do? Yeah. You uh, know McPhail? Oh, I know him. Not well. Well, I do. He took in plenty this month. What good does that do me? I tell you, I know the guy. He's the softest touch in the world. He'd give the shirt off his back to anybody if they told him the right story. Yeah? How come you don't put the bite on him? He doesn't like me, but anyone else. You mean, uh, I just ask you? Sure. You get anything you want. I'm not kidding. If you ask for ten, even twenty, you'd get it if he had it. No, sir. Sure. He's up here in the country now, too. Right up this same back road, four and a half miles. Hey, uh, 
How do I recognize the place? It's a big place on the right. The only house for a mile. You can't miss it. Hey, I'd, I'd run up there if I were you. Yeah. Maybe I will, huh? Maybe I will. A break. The kind of break Canelli had prayed for. Get the money from McPhail. Yes, quicker and safer than trying to get back in that room with a dead body on the floor. Get it from McPhail and have a good head start. Art won't find Sam's body in there for at least a day or two. The door's locked and Canelli has the key. He can be on a plane with McPhail's money and be out of the country by tomorrow. A break, the perfect break. Well, uh, well thanks for the tip, Art. You sure McPhail's up there, huh? Sure, he's always there, every weekend. He's got a garden, a victory garden. <laughs> That's a laugh. Well, I guess I better get going, huh? Yeah, look around the grounds for him first. If sure. he isn't outside, just walk right in. The door's always open. He's a simple guy. Trust anybody. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks, Arthur. Yeah, but maybe someday you can do the same for me. Yes. Yeah, maybe someday I can. Well, so long. So long. <laughs> And now, Art has a job to finish. Phone the cops. From here? No, better not. They might trace it. The gas station at the crossroads. Plenty of time. Canelli will be there five or ten minutes before he finds what he'll find as the cops find him. How easy he fell for it. But never mind that now. The gas station. The phone. Hello. I want the police. Uh, hurry, please. Hello, uh, Riverside Police? Uh, listen, I-, I was just driving down Nine Mile Road. I was going by the old McPhail place. You know the place I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I, I was going slow and I heard something. It sounded like someone was being killed. Yeah, yes, a murder. There were shots and somebody screaming and more shots. A man's voice. Oh, it was terrible. You better get up there right away. Oh, never mind who I am. I don't want to get in any trouble. No, but get up there. Yes, murder. Get the call, all right, sir? Yeah, thanks. ABC Enterprises. Yes, did you locate him yet? Oh, well, keep trying and call me back. Yo, I'm worried. Hey, don't worry about him. If you can't find Mo, neither can the cops. I'm not thinking about him. I'm worried about Sam and Martin. Maybe they went out. Sam said he wasted my call. It isn't that. It's the phone's dead. I've got to get in touch with him somehow. Can't it wait? No, it can't. Not with the cops raiding the warehouse and the rest of everyone in sight. Well, how about a telegram? Oh, too slow. I hate to send anyone around to the house, but Sam will understand this time. What are you going to do? Get the telephone company to help. Hello? I want the Riverside, Connecticut traffic operator, please. Yes. You know, it's funny about that phone. It rang two or three times, and then suddenly it went dead. Oh, hello, traffic operator? Have you a phone listed under the name of Gross? Samuel Gross. Well, there's something wrong with it, and it's very important that I get in touch with Mr. Gross right away. I'm a secretary. Will you send a man up right away? Thanks. And would you tell Mr. Gross that I've been trying to reach him? Thank you. See? 
When Sam finds out there's something wrong with his phone, he can phone me from outside. Yeah, pretty smart girl sometimes, Rita. Yeah. Don't you believe me? I just wish I was smart enough to get some sense across to that guy, Art Kramer, once in a while. You kind of like him, don't you? Cut it out. Yeah, don't worry about Artie. He'll be all right. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose he'll be all right. Mr. Gross, I'm from the telephone company. Mr. Gross isn't here. Oh. Well, we just got word from New York that his secretary's been trying to reach him, but his phone is out of order. I was sent up to look at it. Sure, go right ahead. I'm a friend of Mr. Gross. I know he wants you to fix it. Okay. Where is it? First order, you're right. Well, looks like we've got more visitors. Yeah, cops. Well, I'd better get after this phone here. I'm uh, sorry to trouble you. I wonder if we can use your phone. Right. It's out of order, I'm afraid. There's a man here fixing it now. What's the matter, officer? Trouble? Yeah, a little killing up the road. Hey, he didn't want to handle the phone there. Might be fingerprints on it. Uh, murder? That's right. Up at the old Matrail place. Not the guy red-handed. Murder and robbery. They even found the dough on him. Yeah? Who did it? This is Namus Canelli from New York. I wouldn't tell you all this except it's an open cut case. Couldn't explain what he was doing there or how he got the money or anything. Well, you'll read about it in papers tomorrow. You, uh, have him outside now? Yep. Well, we'd better be going. Hey, mister, that door you got, you got it's locked. You got a key? Why, no. Well, what's the matter? You lost a key someplace? Well, I, I, I must have. The, the room with the phone in it. Well, maybe I can help you out. I got a little gimmick here that might open it. Thanks. Yeah, we got to have things like that in this line of business, you know. Is uh, this the door? Yeah, that's it. There you are. Oh, thanks. You uh, don't need me in there for anything, do you? No, sir. Well, good night. Good night. Hey, say, officer. Yeah? You better come in here a minute. Uh, wait a second, will you, Jim? Uh, sure. What's the matter? Hey, mister. You've been here all day? That's right. Why? Nobody else been here all afternoon? No, sir. Oh, What's this? You find something wrong in there? You said it, mister. Put up your hand. Hey, what's the idea? Yeah, now, huh? Jim, take a look at what we got here. Yeah. Well, uh... Cover him, Jim. Okay. Uh, what is... Hey, let me see that. Sure. Sam. No. Robbery, too. Been through his wallet and started on the safe. Just like the other guy. Let's risk him. No. No, I didn't do this, I tell you. I didn't do it, I tell you. Uh, here's the dough, all right. A roll big enough to choke a horse. Look, you guys. I tell you, I didn't do this. Yeah. Kind of interrupted you, didn't we? Come on. Look. I didn't do this, I tell you. I didn't. I didn't do this. I did. I did. I did. The story ends with a newspaper clipping. I'll read it to you. Bridgeport, Connecticut. Arthur Kramer and George Kennelly were executed here today within ten minutes of each other to bring to a fitting conclusion one of the strangest series of coincidences in the criminal records of this state. Both men committed the same crime, murder and robbery, within a few miles of each other, on the same day and at almost the same time. Both victims were operators in the New York black market. Kramer was convicted of the murder of Samuel Gross. Kennelly killed Edward McPhail. Both killers were caught on the scene of the crime 
were arrested by the same officers taken together in the same police car to the same jail. Both proclaimed their innocence, yet pleaded guilty in the face of the overwhelming evidence against them. A curious factor in the case was that though both men denied knowing the other, they tried repeatedly to attack each other in the prison yard until guards were forced to keep them out of sight of each other at all times. Police have always believed there was some connection between the two crimes, but have never been able to find out what it was. And so closes Thieves Fall Out, starring Gene Kelly. Tonight's tale of Suspense. Appearing with Gene Kelly, who is to be seen currently in Metro-Golden-Mayer's Technicolor musical Thousands Cheer, were Hans Conried as Kennelly and William Johnstone as Sam Gross. This is the man in black who conveys to you Columbia's invitation to spend this half hour in suspense with us again next week, same time, when our star will be Mr. Vincent Price. Mr. Price will be heard in a suspense play by E. Jack Newman, dealing with the Gestapo and called The Strange Death of Charles Umberstein. The producer and director of suspense is William Spear, who with Lud Gluskin and Lucian Malowitz, conductor and composer, and Robert L. Richards, the author, collaborated on tonight's Suspense. Don't miss Suspense when this series moves to a new day and time. The day, Thursdays, beginning December the 2nd. The time, 8 p.m. Eastern Wartime and 7 p.m. Central Wartime. In the Mountain and Pacific time zones, listeners will hear suspense on Mondays beginning December the 6th at 9 p.m. Pacific wartime. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Life was a song You came along I've laid awake The whole night through If I but dared To think you cared This is what I'd say To you You
Well, guys, that does it for Mr. Gene Kelly and his performance on the show. Please welcome later on tonight Mr. Robert Young in the CBS comedy show Father Knows Best and to chill our spines, we're bringing back Miss Agnes Moorhead. And join me this coming Friday, guys, as I bring back to the show Mr. and Mrs. Ozzy and Harriet Nelson in The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet Nelson. You can follow and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Just type in Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast and it should pull my podcast right up. And also, guys, I am now available on your Google and Alexa devices. Just ask Google or Alexa. You would like to listen to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast, and it should pull my podcast right up as well. Join me for the upcoming weeks as I welcome such stars as Mr. Kirk Douglas, Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis. And many others to the program. And just to let you guys know. I may be running late on my shows. But I will get them to you guys as soon as possible. Thanks, and have a great night, guys.